and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I am somewhere between like fully exhausted and wired. Like, <laughs> just I'm flipping right over to the other side. That's what's happening tonight. We have such a special guest with us I love tonight. It. We have and a really special guest. Such a special guest. There were two things I thought we would never achieve. <laughs> One, get to $10 in advertising revenue, <laughs> which I believe we still have not. We're three quarters. To the and the that. other, uh, ever have somebody who has a, a, an IMDB page on the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have we have done that. We have achieved it. And this is amazing. I think we have to go beyond having an IMDb page because if we're so being honest, we that's a low so bar. Excited. <laughs> oh, I know. We have an actual, you know, director in the industry. Oh, I don't know how low it is. Tess Malone. Yes. Welcome. Tess Malone, welcome. To, welcome. Welcome to Comp Majors. So Thirsty Thursday editions um, are a little bit different than our Monday night, our regularly scheduled programming. And we've been enjoying having some guests with us. But I think tonight we're going to go a little bit more interview style and, and really just let uh, let Tess tell us about the things that she does. Well, okay. yes. Uh, okay. well, well, that's not how we're just going to start. Yeah. <laughs> My first no. question is Tess. So let's, let's just say this. That, we're not just going to ask Tess to, to lecture. Just tell us, um, Tess. Tell, just tell, tell us, us your story. Tell us, tell us what do, life is do like. Do you think Katie moved Jim's microphone earlier today? These are the hard questions. Do you think These are the she hard messed with questions that we have microphone. ready for you today? I So Katie and I have been catching up on the show that Tess has worked on most recently, I believe, which is um, The Good Fight, right? Um, so we watched her episode, yeah. uh, let, we finished, you know, we, I kind of broke a rule and went with, uh, and I won't, Tess doesn't need to speak to this. I went with CBS all access, which we hadn't done. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, well, because we've cut the cord. We've cut, we've cut well, the no, cord. But CBS all access is like their own thing. And they've been reluctant mm. to join Hulu oh. and do all the other things oh, that I makes see. life easy. Oh. But no, see, I thought we weren't going to get like that with Tess about like going to specifics. We, we went to <laughs> we we <laughs> and, like talking about her. We network. joined. Like, we joined that. the network. We, we got we got on the network, and I'm very glad we did because we hadn't watched the good fight yet, and we started right in your season, and right off the bat, the season was amazing. So I have one question for you, and you're not getting off until you answer. <laughs> what is Memo oh, Six Eight? You can tell me that. We had a conversation about this last week when we said Tess was going to be on. You cannot be asking questions that could get her banned from future work. I know, right? You two lectured me. You lectured me and he, right out the gate. I was right not prepared the for there to be a plot point that was so intriguing. And and yeah, this is like what's in the hatch and lost right out right out of the bat. Okay. I was like, I'm well, in. N- no spoilers. My mother asked since we were talking to Tash. She loves the good fight. She wanted no spoilers because she hasn't been able to start the new season yet. So we can't spoil the good fight uh, questions. So I think that Tess should take that clip of you saying you've purchased CBS All Access and make sure somebody at CBS knows that you are getting you are 
personally bring in you are responsible new subscribers to CBS All. Patrick Stewart couldn't do it. Oh, but Tess Malone could. Big. He was on. He's like, now we get to watch. watch Now we get to watch Picard. Because of Tess, now we can watch Picard. Um, Okay, so my question is, I I am behind. (laughs) I am way behind. And so I started watching The Good Wife, and I've made it up to season three, but I'm still, I still have a year, like years of a gap. So Uh can you just give us a little bit of the relationship? Like how many years was The Good Wife? And then which characters carry Mm. on in The Good Fight? And is there any time jump or is it like... Uh, what's that word that I want of like, it just goes from like one, one season to the next. Okay. Well, the good wife, I was a script supervisor on it season six and seven. Um, so season seven is the last season of the good wife (laughs) and the good fight started one year later to the day. And it's, uh, the crossovers are Christine Baranski who plays Uh Diane Lockhart, uh, Kush Jumbo comes in as Luca Quinn, Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Steele comes in as Marissa. Uh, oh gosh, uh, who's the um? There's kind a few of like guest crotchety... artists we've had that come back. I had Michael J. Fox in my episode, right? Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, he's from the very beginning of The Good Wife. Um, and how about the he's kind of crotchety cr- white guy attorney who doesn't Pretty quite. Much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who does no other uh, other crotchety white guy attorney? Not Michael J. Fox, the one that works for the firm that um he that doesn't really get along with Luca, but they have to work together. He's from The Good Wife too, right? No, David Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lee. He's from The Good Wife too. Um, there's a few that come in from The Good Wife to The Good Fight for sure. Yes. Um, but the main, really, it was Christine Baranski. They sort of brought her as the number one in this new show. Okay. So, yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Seven seasons, one year later, Christine Baranski. Amazing. Okay. That's great. Thank you. That was well well done. She's fabulous. There you go. I love that baby. Yay. Um, Okay, Brian. Your turn. I have so many questions. Could, I, I was wondering because no, I I was just I was just curious because um, you were a script supervisor for so many different shows. A lot of people don't know what a script supervisor does outside of the industry so for people who just watch shows you have been in this on so many shows what does the script supervisor do on a day-to-day basis i mean i did it for 22 years so quite a while yeah a couple of years (laughs) um we are responsible for the continuity of a show it's Hmm. um not just continuity of props, but also costume, um, eye lines to which way people look to each other, that the dialogue's correct, that the scene will cut together, how long the episode will run, how many swear words have we got in it, if it was on the BBC. <laughs> um, yeah, we kind of, we're like the right-hand person to the director. So I've just kind of director. leapt across the seat, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big seat. It's a big seat that you leapt across. It's a huge seat. Feels feels like an important leap. You keep the the, like the the nerds at bay. So like the people on the internet that will be like, she was eating a steak in that scene, and then they cut back and it was a chicken breast, and then it was yeah. Yeah. Han shot first. Han shot first. Like yeah. Now this ties into a question that I had yesterday. For one, James DeSanto, which was this was oh, yeah, all I had no idea. This was all news to me. Um, 
So we, you know, we talk mostly movies and we've discussed series, movie series where the director changes for each film and how that changes the, just the perspective, the way that, that the story is told, you know, all of those parts. Um, I had no idea, honestly, that on TV series that it's commonplace for the directors of the episodes to be different. I had no idea. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. You, you didn't know that? No, I did not know that. I thought there was like a director for a TV series and that's just how I thought it went. I didn't, I didn't know is, that that there changed. Is occasionally, you do occasionally have, um, if it's the showrunner and they write it and they want to direct the whole season, it does happen. Uh, but generally for, for um, schedules, you, you are shooting sometimes three, four episodes at the same time. You have to have different people. Oh. Um, and otherwise we'd all be out of work. No, I had no so, idea. I had no idea. You know, we need quite a few. And Tess, what is that process like okay. since you're the script supervisor? Because you're there every episode and you're working with different directors. Is yeah. So, I mean, in essence, on a TV show, I would imagine for a TV show, the script supervisor is even more vital in some respect than on, say, a feature. Because you have to bring that continuity, not just from scene to scene but from episode to episode because you have directors coming in from out of town who maybe have not even seen the series before potentially right and it's yeah then that's when i agree i've done i've done some film not very much but i have as a script super and it's much easier because it's one show and you're all together for the six eight weeks done yeah with a tv episode like the good wife it was nine months of your life yeah. and different directors were coming in so they might ask me, how was Christine's character when she met this character five episodes ago? How does she feel about, you know, you can give that backstory. So, yes, I think I think you're more vital on television for sure. But I was just curious in terms of the, the prep process for directing mm -hmm. a, an episode, uh -huh. because the turnaround time so fast. What is that like? like what is pre-production on TV? Because we talk about movies like pre-production of film. That mm -hmm. sometimes is months. It, that can't be happening on TV, though, can it? No, we get seven days. Wow. And in those seven days, you have, um, you scout for locations, you cast uh, smaller roles, you discuss the costumes, you discuss what props you're going to use. Um, you then, I have to read and read and read and read and read and read until you've got that story totally in your head. Then I, then I do, then I storyboard the whole story and I plan, you know, each scene, it's a character scene. So then I want to do the shots from that particular character's point of view for that scene. So you are watching it through their eyes a bit. Um, and then you read and read and read and read and read. I mean, I read it over and over and I'm my episode was to do with reparations and as an English white woman I had no clue about them <laughs> mm -hmm. so then I did a lot of research about reparations mm -hmm. um because then when I was on set people can ask you questions and if I go oh I don't, oh, I don't know about this then you're you know you're not doing your job so yeah it's hard it's seven days it's normally the last two days are the ones you're really working really hard um and then you're hopefully prepared and go on set. As as a director yeah. of like a, of a of a TV show, do you have uh -huh. after after you're done shooting, are you involved as much as like a film director in like the editing process? 
you get um, you're allowed a director's cut. Okay. So after I finished filming, the editor has it for two, three days, and then I get four days to edit what I think it should be, you know, for me and how I was imagining it. Um, and then you get the showrunners come in and, and they obviously hone it to what they want because it's their show. Um, but for me, you try and do a few shots that are kind of cool that are going to get in there and a few things they're going to use, which they do. And other things get cut because the episode's too long or, you know, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you get, you get four days basically. Um, yeah. It seems that it- four days sitting in a dark room with the editor going, what do you think? Is this good? Will they like this? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was, um, I, I don't, <laughs> I, it was it was very cool to watch the episodes uh the first three episodes of that of that season and see that it's not like a formulaic kind of like legal procedure uh-huh. show it has this i can't even describe it because you know th- there's no. there's adult language because it's it's streaming it's a streaming service show which it lends it's a, a sense of authenticity to it um people speak like adults and and um curse when appropriate um yes. and it, there's also this like yes. like surreal vibe going on that sort of has like a little bit of that like Ally McBeal feel but less in a comedic way I, I I don't know how to describe it but it reminded me of something like if like JJ Abrams had a, a legal show yeah, well, I mean, the the first episode opening up with that sort of like dream sequence where, you know, you know, so th- I don't think that this is spoiling anything, but uh, the season opens with Christine Baranski, you know, waking to a reality where Donald Trump has been elected president and she's just kind of playing catch up the whole not, time. Not been elected. president. I'm so sorry. Has not been elected. president. Yeah. It's the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. Hillary has been elected, right? Um, and so through the whole episode, you're trying to figure out like what what is actually going on here. Um, mm-hmm. And so that kind of resolves episode one, but then episode two opens with the dogs roaming through the office, right? Um, and so that's where we had the Ally McBeal conversation, where I was like, there's just this little touch of like the um, like hyper real, or you know, just like a little bit of like uh, an imagined space. Um, that yeah. just elevates and it keeps you kind of like on your toes where you're like, yeah. what, is, what is actually going on? And then episode three is, you know, memo 618. Well, episode three was really heavy. And, and I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that you, uh, it, that had to be a 10 pole episode for the fact that they're, they're going, they're sort of covering reparations in, in like a very interesting way, showing, showing the faults with the DNC, not, not connecting with, uh, with African American voters in the last election and how they can kind of change that and then kind of putting that all on display. And I thought it was, I mean, again, as a white male in America, I don't have a lot to say about this, but, um, you know, sure. I thought it was handled very well. Um, were you, I, you already said you were sort of like nervous going into it. I gotta, I have to imagine that's like a, that's sort of like a minefield that you're trying to navigate and, the, I thought the sh- I thought you pulled it off brilliantly in the fact that um, I think all the characters sort of rep- had their their chance to sort of represent different sides of the issue on both yeah. sides and really um, kind of show not not try to come to like a conclusion but sort of show what a kind of entangled mess we've sort of created here. Right. I mean, um, 
for those scenes in the conference room, yeah. Devita, an African-American writer, she wrote the episode and she's wonderful. Uh-huh. And both myself and the first AD said, can you come down for these scenes? Because there's lots of different African-American actors that are in the room and they're all going to have different opinions and different backgrounds. And I, I, I needed her support for her reasoning of why which characters were saying what. And she didn't say a lot, but she was there. And I think she, it was really useful for all the actors. Um, and the other thing I did is normally with TV, you go, come on, come on, we've got to get through the rehearsal. We've got to shoot this. We've got the next scene. And I knew we were up against the wall, but I wanted to get it right and right from the beginning. So we had five episodes, five scenes we filmed in there, right? Mm-hmm. With 80 people. So I let them talk. And we debated it before we shot it. And I, I wanted to make sure everyone was happy and that everyone understood where they were coming from. And they all have backstory and they were all telling me their true stories. And that's what we wanted. So I've never, I mean, in my time so far directing, given scenes so much time, yeah. but I think they really warranted it. And I wanted it, I wanted to do it right. Otherwise, why am I doing it? As someone who, who has worked in uh, like a corporate job before and has been in conference rooms that size with that right. many people, right. I which basically means you want to get out of there as soon as possible. I, I just <laughs> I have to applaud you and all the actors and every ca- cast crew member that were was in there because it had to be not the most comfortable experience on and, top of what you were talking about. <laughs> and they were I mean, I, I feel very grateful because I was the script supervisor for a long time. They all knew me. And when I did my first episode last year, they were all very supportive. So bless them because they were also, you know, supporting me. They stayed. None of them left. They were so helpful. I can't, you know, I can't thank all of them enough. They were, I mean, they rocked. And it got hot and it smelled hideously. Mm. <laughs> Locker room. Now, now yeah. in your first in the last season's episode. Yeah, that was my first you, episode. So yeah. Did you throw axes in that episode? <laughs> did you did you show how they wanted to throw axes? No, we weren't insured. I wasn't allowed. I just had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's I couldn't hilarious. believe it. We were not insured. We weren't allowed. Now, what was the changeover? You directed an episode of Evil this year, which is a a great yeah. new CBS show. Now, what was that like? So you had been script supervising. You you were in the mix of the good fight. And the good wife. Going yeah. to e- Evil, what was that like? How did that come about? How different was the experience going on to that show was it no big deal an easy transition or were there different challenges for that type of show good question um the showrunners did the good fight and evil so so i was very lucky they already knew me and were giving me another shot you know (laughs) which was wonderful um it had some of the same crew, but obviously the story was very different the aspect ratio was different we could um I've never done such crazy shots that I normally you go, Oh, I'd never be like that. And you go, yep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Let's just have it like this. And it was wonderful. They gave us a lot more freedom with that show because it was new. Um, If you do something different on the good wife, good fight, all the fans go, 
oh, oh, what's that? You, you've got to kind of fit within a mold. And I was episode five of Evil, and they would just start, they, the showrunners would start to figure out what they wanted, but they let you play still. So I'd say things to Robert King, and i go, can I do this? You know, I'd call him and go, would it be okay to? And he would just always go, go for it. As long as I got coverage for Snake's Cut Away to go for it, Tess. And I'm like, okay. So he was amazing. I loved doing that show. And it's got a season two, so I'm hoping. Yes. That's awesome. It just got picked up, right? The other, it was recently, it just got picked up. That's a fun show that if people don't know, they should check it out. You know, I feel like this, this has been kind of a weird year. So there's been new shows and people might not have gotten into the groove of it, but you can watch it. It's on CBS and it is a really great cast too. Fantastic ass they got. I know. Ben Linus. I feel feel (laughs) very spoiled. I seem to have great, you know, I mean, I've started off in a really lovely place. Um, You know, I stand there and say, oh my gosh, I've got all these Emmy Award winners. And then little me going, hi, (laughs) so I thought we'd do this. Okay, great. You know, I'm very, very lucky. I'm very lucky. Yeah, Michael Emerson. I, I'm the worst as yeah. as always referring to actors as characters they've played in other shows. And sure. He he will always be Luke Ben King. Linus to me from Lost. And what's Luke Cage? Luke name? Cage is uh, <laughs> because we just call him Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Mike Coulter. Yeah. yeah, we got we got all giddy in the first episode when he was sitting on the steps where we saw the picture of you sitting with him. And we're like, oh, those are those are the steps. Those are the steps. <laughs> oh, so cool. He. He uh, is awesome. I I I can't wait to see him in pretty much anything he's in. I just love like just his presence on screen. He's he yeah. is a real life superhero yes. like build. Like he yes. looks like someone that could run through a wall, but like yes. smile while they're doing it. <laughs> but he's he's one of the nicest men to work with. He's a gentleman, yeah. and he's. He's um, he likes to be directed and he has lots of questions and he has great ideas. And he's, you know, he's he's wonderful. He's we, a pleasure. I mean, we, I, you know, he we, was also my episode of The Good Fight. So it was nice to have him there, too. We particularly like the opening. Um, oh, it's not the opening, but the maybe it's like the second scene in that in the Halloween episode of Evil where. It's like the intro to that to that like ghost hunter show, which, <laughs> yeah. which Katie looks at me and she goes, "What? What, the what heck is, is this?" Going on? And I'm like, "It's just <laughs> they're just messing with yeah. these people." Like it's oh god, yeah. it was very good. Well done. And well done. I, ha- I had to. I'd never watched that show. Like never watched that show. And again, Robert said to me, "If it doesn't look like that show, I'm not going to use it." I was like, mm, "Okay." So I watched hundreds of those shows. <laughs> And I thought, okay, they're really cheesy, oh, and they're kind of like these stupid men, gorgeous woman, and stupid buzzers going off. And <laughs> so we had quite a lot of fun with that. I love oh, doing so that. good. So then, uh-huh. Tess. So then, yeah. what's your like Tess, relationship you with the? Oh, sorry, Bri. We're on work. a delay. He's he's on a delay. Go ahead, Bri. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no. Go- no, I was just saying, because we've talked about this before on the show. You did tons of work in English television. So what do you think is the difference? Because we always talk about how we feel like English, the quality of English television in programming, there's just something that's so unique and interesting about it. Do you find any difference in the production of it? Is it the writing? What is it like having been on those sets and being on really good shows in America? Is there some commonality between it? Is there just something really different that's going on over in England when they're producing things. 
Um, I mean, I think you get the best of our stuff. You don't get all of our stuff, mm. right? We have some very really, fair. Yeah, that's very really fair. Bad shows, <laughs> as America does. Um, and I don't know. People love period dramas here, don't they? I mean, when people go, "Oh, The Crown," "Oh, Downton Abbey," I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 whatever." Um, but when we do dramas like here, they do like 22 episodes. We do six, and we go, "Oh, we're good," and now we're done, and moving on. Yeah. And I think because we don't draw them out, the, the writing's tighter because it's only six. I think that's key to that. Um, yeah. Well, that's we've yeah, yeah. said that about di just dialogue in general. Yeah. You know, like when, when you watch British dialogue, like it just moves at a clip. Um, you know, we, sure. were, we were recently talking about Knives Out, the murder mystery. Um, uh -huh. and, and, you know, just comparing it to British murder mystery miniseries. Um, sure. And it's there. There is just a pacing, I think, that that's different. And you know, and I, I love, I love that. I love that about just British dialogue. It just moves differently. I feel like there's there's syllables dropped. There's a like a maybe a little bit more of an overlap, not as much of a pause time, and a little bit more like assumed words. I, I don't know, but I, I I'm always drawn <laughs> to it. I think um, our television, our characters are less beautiful. We are a bit more oh, wow. real. Um, I'm not saying that Americans are more beautiful because you're not. Yeah, Idris is so ugly. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have more characters. Yeah. We, we, mm -hmm. And women are less afraid to look a bit ugly. Yeah. Um, very much so. And our comedy is very different to here. Um, but the process of filming is very similar. I mean, you know, it's actors acting, cameras filming it directors directing it, editors editing it, it that doesn't really change. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just our sensibility is different. Uh, but I love American television too. I think America put out some wonderful shows too. You know, especially The Good Fight, obviously. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Tess, was, you did two episodes of one of my favorite shows that not a lot of Americans know, which is Spooks. Oh, yes. Or they call it MI5 here, right? Five over here. Yeah, MI5 over here. But yeah, I love yeah. that show. Yeah. And I you were there in the beginning, too. Second season, I think, right? Or early in it. And I'm only 18, Brian. How can this be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the show wasn't that long ago, was it? I, uh, I, I don't even know when it. 2002 or something? Wow. I don't know. I don't want to say it. I don't know. I yeah. And just just to, I mean, we've been talking about the stuff you've done recently, but you've worked on some really incredible projects. I it it looks like it says uh, your IMDb shows Equilibrium, which is a yeah. movie that I love. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and underrated movie. Yeah. yeah. I, really? Good. I think um, it is underrated. The following. Yeah. The following was a great show. Yes. Katie, oh, Katie got so scared of that first season, unnerved that she did not really want to continue with it at all. Yeah, I'll get really? back into it. I want it was it's unnerving, but I, you know, you, you know were how actually I am. scared that people were going to start doing those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It might, now might not be the time. Now no, might not be no. the time to revisit it, but no. maybe we'll give it a little space. No. <laughs> I love that of show. Of course, I that Glee. Was a great show. Mm -hmm. Glee was a. Uh, yeah. was a juggernaut of a show in all fairness when they ever they came to new york you know they did i'm hot they used to do the singing numbers and uh, yeah. all that stuff in new york 
then I that's all the stuff I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so much fun. So, yeah, um, so the boys told me I'm not allowed to ask, you know, very specific questions uh, that put you in an uncomfortable position. But maybe you could just share like unexpected joys, you know, like like um, experiences that ended up being like m- much more, much better than you expected it to be, or uh, you know, fa- favorite series that you've gotten to work on. Um, obviously, current ones included. Okay. I mean, my first job when after being a trainee script supervisor, I did a show that came to the States too called The Tenth Kingdom. And it starred John Larroquette, who I had in the Good yes. Friends season. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first job and I was the second unit script supervisor. And I was 22 somehow at the time. And we went all over Europe filming <clears throat> and it would be something that, you know, John Larroquette or, you know, Rutger Hauer would be talking to me. And I was, I was Ooh. so young. I was blown That's away. Awesome. I was over a little script going, oh, <laughs> oh, this is like big movies and everything. And that, well, I, I met my husband, my ex-husband on that show too. So that one holds a, um, something in my heart because that was my beginning and I, it was the best. And I had no idea what it was going to be, you know? And they're going, right, you're going to Austria. You're going to go to France. Now we're off to Spain. We're off here. And I'm like, <laughs> so I love that. That I hold very dear. Um, trying to think. Um, Equilibrium is another one I loved. We filmed that in Germany. And I did all just the second unit. So all the scabbard fighting. Wow. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I great that- stuff. Well, I was the girl going, oh, the knife was over there and you have to hold it. In <laughs> I mean, I had to do all that stuff with all this bloody fighting going on. I was like, um, I love that. And um, Christian Vale was not too happy to know he had to get pick up the knife from the other hand and no, stab the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, no, he was tricky. Yeah. Um, but he's a Brit, so we had that in common. Yeah. Um, so you just you yeah. just drop the shit immediately, right? Like I think this is part of the British writing, where it's just like yeah. we we're not going to pretend, right? Like no. it's just like yeah, we just yeah, well, is what it is. Yeah, it's just it and yeah. yeah. But actually, he, he was fine with me. Yeah. He was fine. <laughs> Um, but I love doing that because again, that was a big movie and that was my first big movie experience. Um, and then I, with Danny Boyle, I did sunshine, which was great. The whole gold suits. And so I, again, I was with the second unit. So we were doing all the insert stuff with all the suits and the (laughs) And again, you know, I was only 24 then. And you're like, wow, this is so cool. This is what I've always wanted to do. And here I am. So, so that was going to be my next question. Like, what was this always kind of a dream? Like, did you always want to be involved yeah. with specifically TV yeah. or just, you know? No, I mean, TV or film, but mm-hmm. when my brother would kill me, he's not watching this. He's sleep. Um, <laughs> not many people are, Tess, so no, you are fine. Okay. <laughs> it was like seven, about seven. And we used to have our just normal stills cameras and you'd send away the film and get back yeah. the, the photos. So my brother, I used to boss him around. I said, I want to do a scene. I even liked doing it then. So I made him like stop shots. I'd take a photo of him, move, take a photo. And I told a whole story with him with all my soft toys as if he was the pie driver. <laughs> yeah. All the way through my garden. And I love it. And so I, I kind of wanted to do it from six. I was probably six. But I've never done anything else. I mean, that's all I've done career-wise. So That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one question, you know, we've talked about all the stuff that you've done, um, yep. but outside of the work that you've done, I always ask this, and I ask this of musician friends, like, yep. what are, like, the top five songs you wish you wrote? Yep. Or 
So what are what are some of the things that either when you were growing up sort of led you to want to do the scene with your brother or like more recent stuff that you've seen that you're like, oh, I that speaks to me in a way that I wish I was able to work on that. Um, well, when you were saying about this before, yeah, um, the first thing <clears throat> that I loved from when I was there was Columbo. And I fell in love with Colombo. That um, explains uh, another uh, the relationship and how we know each other, which is Katie's right. brother, who can basically pull off the best Colombo impression oh, I so know good. of. I know. So I met them at a film festival, and Sean did the impression of Colombo, not knowing I'm totally in love with Colombo. Oh, that's I hilarious! You're kidding! I had no, no idea. Way. Yeah, so Colombo, um, um, so I was thinking, because you'd asked me about this yesterday, so I was thinking about stuff I love, and Colombo is definitely number one. Uh-huh. And there was an episode, um, what was it called? Uh, it was uh, the guy who had two dogs, and the person on the phone had say Rosebud, and the dogs attacked the guy, and he died. Uh, and what it was, so he trained the psychologist, trained the dogs to react to Rosebud and kill the man who said Rosebud on the phone, right? But then Columbo got the dogs retrained without the mad, the crazy murderer knowing. <laughs> so then he said, Rosebud, Columbo's on the phone, and the dogs were up and licked him, and they got him. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was seven. Uh, that's <laughs> great. Wow, that's so cool. I wish I could film something where dogs would attack and, you know. <laughs> was it tied to Citizen Kane in another way, or just? Um, the guy was a big film buff, the murderer. Uh, and he, okay. had right. sled. he had the sled on his wall. Okay. Ah, right, there you go. They worked out that was the word to <laughs> kill. The- oh, it was brilliant. Oh, I <laughs> we loved I Columbo the- in my house. Peg yeah. was oh. Peg's a big Columbo fan. I'm huge. Loved Peter Falk. Oh, he's yeah. the best. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. More recently, I was thinking of other ones that really <laughs> wowed me. And West Wing was another show when oh, it yeah. came out that so you're like, I've never seen this before. And there was, I can't remember, it's in the first season and it's where they were five votes down. They wanted to pass the bill about automatic weapons to get that stopped, right? And it was the steady cam right at the beginning of the show that went on for like 10 minutes or something, went through a dining room, through kitchens, down into the catacombs outside, into the parking lot, onto a motorcade. And that blew my mind. All of them talking and debating about this bill and get the vice president to sign in one take. And I think um, from then I was in love. I loved that show. So that's one that I, oh, I love that show. Yeah. So there's a couple. Um, Recently, I love, I mean, I loved Sons of Anarchy. I would love to, that's on there. Yeah. Love, I I started that episode, started that show expecting like, bad version of like a gangster biker biker gang thing right and it is so literary and and shakespearean the path of that the the character arcs on that show are brilliant and i don't want to spoil it for anyone but it has it has the most heartbreaking death scene i've seen in any (laughs) film tv show ever katie has not seen it so i'm not going to spoil it but i I think what they did really well for me is what was his i can't remember the lead character's name now yeah when he was up on the roof reading his diary doing that stuff i mean i'd I'd direct that uh, for nothing i'd pay to do that (laughs) because that was just 
perfect. Yeah, I, I feel FX to say because FX, for whatever reason, the writers they bring in because that's where Justified was too. And I thought Justified, okay. from a dialogue perspective, might be the best show in the last. 15 20 years from just the writing of it was oh, i loved uh amazing. what was their dennis dennis leary show on rescue me loved rescue me loved that was that a one. good i mean they just have a lot of that network for whatever shows. reason has always had really good shows yeah. tess can we just talk briefly about um your short which i loved the german <laughs> little boy watched it i did watch it <laughs> okay sure you don't want to talk it's award-winning I know. I know. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It was quite a long time ago, but yeah, sure. But what was that? What got you into like, what was that experience like? Cause obviously doing a short, I would imagine is very different than a show. And how did that come about? And then what did you learn from that? And then maybe take and change as you've moved on. Um, oh, you have good questions, Brian. <laughs> um, so um, I'm obsessed with world war two in every form all the time. I, I, yeah, I love it. I love um, the camaraderie. I love the stories that come out of that time. I just love it. And it was a friend of mine had written this play called The German Lullaby. And so it was, a, it was simple. We didn't have a lot of money. So it's basically one room with a couple of little flashbacks, um, two characters. So it, it was simple. Um, what I learned from that is pace, pace of how people speak and how fast you can, you cut something and where you take the angles from to make it more interesting. And, and I learned a lot doing that short um, that I wouldn't do again. <laughs> you know? well, there's not, hey, there's nothing wrong. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It's um, quite heavy. Um, but it was, you know, and I have motion control at the beginning. That was new. I was trying out motion control. Um, cause I used to have a company that did motion control. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm kind of proud of it, I guess. Um, but there's so many things in it that I wish I'd done differently. I find it hard. Do you, so that's, that's another, that is a leads to another question that I think artists deal with a lot is do you ever revisit any of the stuff that you work on? Or is it like, I can't, <laughs> I can't look. Um, I have, and I do to learn, uh -huh. but there's a point where like now I'm done. I'm not going to watch any of those things again. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And I had Sean and George and everyone asking me everything last week. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Maybe mm -hmm. when I'm old, I'm sat in an old chair on my own. I might flick it on or something. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Tess, I've always wondered this because when and I'm just a nerd when I watch TV shows and you do see a lot of, you know, there is this core group, just like in Hollywood of TV directors uh -huh. who you see in a lot of shows. What's that? Pro I mean, that's I mean, you were a script supervisor for so long. Is it one of those things like once you get in and once you can show that you can do it? Mm hmm. Do the opportunities start to come faster than they would before? It's like you feel like you're almost never going to get an opportunity. And then like you have back to back seasons of the good fight. Now you've uh, been able to do evil. Is that is that what it takes sometimes in the industry just for people to realize like, oh, wait, she did this on an established show. And is it within the network now or the production and that opens up more opportunities or how, you know, how for somebody who's interested in directing, how does that even happen? I mean, 
it took me six years to convince them to give me a go mm. <laughs> of me working really hard as a script supervisor and mm. kept, I'd go above and beyond and anything they needed. And I was there all the time. Um, I'm grateful they did give me that opportunity. And then they gave me another one and another one, which is fabulous. And I hope they give me more, obviously. Um, but I got an agent. The plus of doing a show that's a known big show, you can get an agent. Agent. And so um, I went out to LA and they set up all these meetings with all the different Warner and all of them, Sony. By the end of it, I couldn't remember my name or, <laughs> or anything. <laughs> but from that, I got a couple of job offers. Awesome. So they're postponed right now. Fantastic. Well, they're postponed mm. right now because we're not building. Yes, because right. of this. <laughs> but they are. But that's because my agents got me into the right people, and I had three episodes under my belt. So well, I know you said yeah. you never want to do it again, but if you want to direct an, a, a, a short over Zoom starring me, Katie, and Brian, <laughs> we'd be happy to. We do, we do interpersonal conflict very yeah. well. Yeah. We we do finishing each other's sentences very we, well. We talk yeah. over each other yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a very lot. realistic. I think we could nail that British dialogue of like yeah. not letting each other finish sentences like and assuming what the other person saying. talk over each other yeah. the whole time. Just, and then just throw in some <laughs> curses. And yeah, I mean, maybe, like, you know, the two old guys in the Muppets that sat up in yes. the... Uh, yeah. Brian yeah. loves Muppets. the Muppets. I have said this, that this is, this is them, Tess. Yeah. This this is where they're heading. Yeah. And let's let's be honest, whenever you watch a show and it went to them, it was wonderful. You're like, yeah. oh here we go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be the one on I'll be the one in the corner going, waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to say though, before we move on from how Tess got to where she is, because um I would imagine that you just never once dropped the ball ever. Because I feel like no. in entertainment, once that happens, oh, you're done. And you know, obviously, it's in. It has been much harder for women to get to the point of directing. So, oh my God. I uh, I want to applaud you for for oh, all the past efforts that you must have imagined what it gone through. Taken. Yeah, your your friend Sean Kern is saying you're being too modest. You busted your ass <laughs> yeah. to get where you are. I, yeah, I, so. having spent a brief time at NBC at Access Hollywood, where my job was picking up a producer's dog's poop on the sidewalk uh <laughs> people don't realize uh just what it takes if you're not the top person in a production to be able to even make it even yeah. close to being able to achieve what you're achieving yeah i mean i'm i mean katie and jim know me a little bit um i can be quiet sometimes but when i'm focused and when it's with my career i'm very driven uh -huh. And that's all I'm focusing on. So I just, I just kept going. They were gonna say yes. Someone was gonna mm. say yes at some point. So. And if yeah. you, if you ever need to invite someone to Thanksgiving, invite oh, Tess to Thanksgiving. Oh, sure. Well, any, not just Thanksgiving. It's like any, any time. Any family. But like, I think we have the our first family, time we met, and we Tess have Tess, was, and Tess was, is a member of was the Thanksgiving. But she's yeah. who you want at any party. Yeah, and she yeah. shows up with a giant wheel of gouda. Yeah. That lasts two months. But even when she doesn't bring Huda, even when she doesn't bring a, an item of food, like yeah. she, she brings so much. Yeah. <laughs> Just with yourself. Yeah. And we, we, and we, we have you. to thank we Sean and George you. for actually bringing her yep. into our thank life. Thank you, Sean and George. She's amazing. You and better not ever have a conflict because <laughs> we're shipping yeah. Tess. Tess, would you ever be willing to direct a reboot of Sneaky Snake? <laughs> oh, my God. 
do you know Sneaky Snake? She, oh, please, Brian. I definitely do know Sneaky Snake. I, I met them at a film festival, my short film, and they were doing Sneaky Snake. Oh, that's too funny. I didn't know that. Huh. Oh, that's um, wonderful. They could have used your direction. On oh, Sneaky Snake. Sneaky Snake is perfect. Perfect. I, I kind of love it as it is. Yep, it is. It is exactly what it needs to be. Uh, test. I, next question. So can you, sorry, I, meanwhile, I have 90 questions that we're not going to get to. So I've got to move. Um, so can you tell us anything like on the horizon? So is like script supervisor for the good fight? Is that kind of like the steady gig? And then other things come in here and there? Or how does that go? No, I've, I have not script supervised for a year. I, I haven't done it at all. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just directing. Okay. Um, nice. I'm going to do. Oh, congratulations. So, so unemployed quite a lot is one. Yeah. <laughs> the Hollywood way, right? Yeah. yeah. I give it time, you know, but no, uh, if I want people to take me seriously, I can't be going back and doing script supervising because uh -huh. they go, well, which are you? What are you wanting to do? Okay. So, yeah. So I'm, that's I'm, more of like, um, it's just like contract, right? Where like you're just going from sure. show to show, job to job. Right. So that's stressful. Okay. Yeah. As as far as like wishes and wants, would you want to get into like feature length film or stick oh, around would, in, on the TV side? I would love to, but at the moment I'm writing a TV pilot. Ooh. Um, it's one that I I wrote in England and it got picked up for a year. Never in a never happened. Channel Four picked up and then they went, no, we're not going to do it. Mm. So I'm finally now with this time in lockdown with. <laughs> Sean and George, they're helping me Americanize it. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. We're sort of speaking it as a pilot, and I do have an actress, a known actress that would like to do it. Oh, that's it, so cool. If it's, any, if it's any good. That's amazing. So, well, I'm, I'm sure it's good. Of, I'm kind of focusing on that. Yeah, that's know. great. Silver linings of quarantine, boredom, boredom, time, well, creativity. One of, one of the things that we talk about with a, with a couple of our guests was, do you think in the new kind of entertainment world where things like Netflix and HBO are investing like so much in 10 episode series. Mm -hmm. Do you think that TV is more poised to tell maybe better stories than film going forward? Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, we're talking about Sons of Anarchy or yeah. that had a longer run, but the, the um, character arcs, you can take so much more time mm -hmm. with everyone. We can fall in love with everyone or mm -hmm. hate everyone or whatever we're feeling. In a movie sometimes, an hour and a half, you do get a great movie, but you don't know them as well. Yeah. And I think TV's really good for character-driven stories. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, and the movie, the movie industry doesn't seem to be interested in telling those kinds of stories where you can fall in love with them because they're not going to pack the box office anymore. No. Unless it's like um, the Bourne trilogy or something, which yeah, was yeah. fabulous. You know, that blows your mind. And then you fell in love with him and you got a lot of development of him. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, I think TV at the moment's doing a sterling job. It yeah, it's incredible. Just the, the, amount of, the amount of quality programming that's available is... I used to try to see everything and... and it's impossible. It's impossible at this point. Because yep. every every if you if you go on Facebook or you go on Twitter or you go on whatever your social media of choices and ask your friends to recommend you films or um it's kind of like, you know, you'll get a couple. If you ask them to tell you what series you should binge oh. next, 
it is going to be like an avalanche. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Yep. Yeah. So then it's, I mean, sometimes whatever you, you know, the recommendations, I just go, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Then we inevitably just like land on something and we're like, okay, let's just try this. Yeah, let's just try it. Yeah. Yeah. But have you guys, have you watched Afterlife? No, No, but we've heard heard great things. I've heard great things and I love him. He's my favorite. (laughs) Brian, I I have to watch it. I I have to watch it. Well, so it made me cry quite often, but so laugh and it's, oh, it's fabulous. So my next question was going to be quarantine binging, right? So like, what have you been watching during quarantine time? Is that, is that one of them? Afterlife is one. Mm-hmm. It's only six parts because it's a British show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As um, as they will. Yep. Yes. Um, what have I been watching? Well, obviously, I watched Tiger King when that came out. Because <laughs> I mm-hmm. And I kind of loved it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, we, we thought it was crazy, too. I mm-hmm. we, My wife and I just went right through it. And not because we necessarily enjoyed the people, but because we couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just go, going, we'll have to watch one more. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, I've been watching. Have you heard of the Repair Shop? No, no. I have. It's a British show. It's about people that bring in their old, um, like uh, heirlooms and things that are broken, and they repair them for them. Wow! Mm. So you have someone that does furniture, someone does ceramics, lots of different things, clocks, and so these people come and say, "Oh, my great grandmother gave me this, and oh, it's not working that's anymore." That's so awesome. And I miss it so much. And they make it work again. The person comes back and. They're in tears, and it's just... Oh, I love that. Feel-good reality. Yeah. That's what we like. It's antique roadshow, except they're keeping the stuff and making it better. Yeah, they're not making a profit Mm -hmm. off of it. Do they have anyone that does guitars? Because I have a 1964 Johnny Smith Gibson that I would like to repair by British people. all over your... I know. Yeah. As he's These, trying to sell one yeah, on no, Facebook. This one this one was pop-ups. Yeah, this one was my... This was my... And, speak to Tess, to Tess's love of... What? World War Two. World War Two. Yeah, it's not that guitar. Oh, sorry. he bought different it. guitar. I said nineteen. I don't know if you heard me. I say missed the year. Yep. Carry on. Uh, okay. But I do have an Epiphone that he carried <laughs> test through the war, <laughs> and on the back he carved all the names of the little camps and where they stayed. He was in the wow. Battle of the Bulge, wow. and he was only allowed to bring it so the officers would strap his guitar and his amplifier to the jeep because they had like a little jazz combo, like you know jazz trio that would play the officers tents and like, you know, keep morale up and they would, the officers would carry their instruments for him. I yeah. feel like that's something it's that a should great be in story. a movie. No, it really oh, is. I like something story. that somebody should work yeah. into yeah. a script He had to walk by foot, but his, his married, equipment got a ride. He married, uh, he, he married a British, a British girl from Wa- Walsall, I think is where she was from. And she, uh, yeah, she was what? Uh, 19. 19. She's Scottish home. and then ended up in. No, her, her heritage was Scottish. I, I thought she moved. No. Right. Um, <laughs> we got a little of everything here. <laughs> but yeah, she came over on the QE2. And, right. uh, wow. Yeah. It's a crazy st- It's like a. Fell in love with a soldier and he this promised her he'd meet her at the dock. South, and South got on the boat. Italian jazz oh. guitar player. Yeah. Amazing. Not sure if when she got off the boat, he would be waiting for her. Yeah. He was there. That is a movie right there. And that's true love. That's yeah. not yeah. true love. Um, that's how I learned to like tea that was basically um, loaded with cream and sugar. <laughs> My British grandmother. And how I ended up drink eating Cadbury's chocolates when I was, you know, I knew wow. Cadbury chocolate wow. before 
Or she bought them. Yeah, he's been a chocolate <laughs> snob since he was born. Yeah, because of her. Give me the dairy milk. Dairy milk. Yeah. See, no one knows what I'm talking about, but that's that's yeah. Cadbury eggs are. Oh no, no. Well, and now he's got the girls trained, where they like they turn their nose up at like regular chocolate. Yeah, Lily's like, get me the Cadbury. Give me the Cadbury. Skip that. Skip that Swedish. Rich taste. Swedish. Where's the flake? Where's the flake? And the and the fingers. Oh, chocolate fingers. Oh, now I feel really homesick. Sorry. Now we've set a She's gonna spiral into a homesick depression. Speaking of, how's the family? We were we were lucky enough to meet mom and dad last year. Yeah. Are they well? They're very well. They're staying in, staying safe. Yeah. You know, I, my dad was going every day to go and get his newspaper mm. every morning. And I'm like, Dad, Bob. Mm. He went, Oh, well, they don't deliver from the shop. So then I just called the newspaper and got his and, delivery mm-hmm. done. I said, Right, it's coming every day. Yeah. You're not leaving the house. He went, Did you get my Mercury on a Wednesday? I went, Oh yeah, that's coming too. <laughs> <laughs> So are they in like a similar place in terms of the quarantine? I mean, like kind of stage, stage, similar stage as to where we are. I, think I mean, it's got it's um, the the figures have risen in the UK. It's got quite bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my they're very much you know the over seventies and they're very much staying in, mm-hmm. and the markets are open for an hour, right? You know, seven in the morning. Often, mm-hmm. my parents have a lovely big garden, so they're just staying home. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, they're good. Thank you. How is yeah. everyone there? Yeah, yeah, S- similar. Uh, yeah. You know, we 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 asked mom and dad to kind of start a <laughs> quarantine before it was official. Yeah. Um, right. Just with like the way that things were were headed, um, so th- they've got like an extra week on everyone else. So the fact that they are still in such good spirits and um, generally like each other and. Um, <laughs> Right, like you're in a I, lot of trouble if you don't like the p- people you're quarantining with, right? Well, now. I that think not... that that's real, though, right? I mean, like yeah. it's a long time to be with someone, you know, and like we get the distraction of the kids. Um, if it was just the two of us, like one of us would be dead by now. There's no way. Who would it be? I don't know. That, we have a tent well, in the so backyard. Maybe. That. Yeah, maybe we I would be live. living in the backyard. <laughs> maybe like we would just like come and see each other for just a small moment in time each day. Yeah. Right. It's a long time. It's a mm-hmm. long time. I mean, when you think about it, like literally most of us have never spent this much time with even oh. the people we love most, right? Like your sure. your closest family members, no one has ever spent this much time with only I mean, them. And it's it's weird from obviously not and living on my own. Yeah. It's I'm used to living on my own and that's fine. But what I'd forgotten is that on a Thursday I'll go and see Sean and George and we'll go out for dinner and things yeah. like this. I'd go on the subway and yeah. do stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't ever go out yeah. and do anything. And that's, it's weird. And for couples and stuff, I think it it would be hard. You'll, yeah. you'll see each other 24-7 pretty much. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we really, we are lucky. We've remarked to each other like, yeah, it's, I still I still like you. I like yeah. it's still, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's if we make it through this, I feel like we're good. Know, I, we're good. Yeah, what else know. could come, I've, right? I've almost found it validating. <laughs> yeah. In some way. Yeah, we're good. Oddly, I've been thinking about that recently. Like it's really validating because usually, like people are married for a long time and stuff, but you don't spend this amount of. T- this is like yeah. I feel hyper accelerating yeah. the, um, the the amount of time that you're spending together 
with people. Tess, what do you think this is going to do for your industry, though? Like, we talked about this, like, because people ask me, because I always tell my kids, like, when I teach them, they always ask me for movie recommendations and TV. And they're like, I said, I remember when there was the writer's strike back a while Mm -hmm. ago and how long that backed stuff up. And there was still at least productions going on that had been written. This has just shut down everything. So what is it going to be for people who love TV for example, what is that going to look like for us? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing, and this is just guessing, but especially writers, you can write now. They can be writing all the time. Mm-hmm. And with technology, they can be sending the scripts via email to mm-hmm. producers, showrunners. So I'm sure there are all these people out and, and things are bubbling, waiting yeah. for the go-ahead. But actually physically filming them, I keep thinking actors don't all live in New York or LA. Some live in Australia or England or wherever, right? Do they all want to get on planes and come back? Nope. Mm, No. You know, it's not just on the set. I mean, then it's on the set and we have to be six feet apart. (laughs) Good luck blocking that. Yeah, there will be no love scenes (laughs) for the next five years. Everybody has a mask. Yeah. Go to black and it would just be like noises. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to work as a model. And they're saying about, you know, like um, hair and makeup. So they're in, they're touching actors. Yeah, sure. You're in very close proximity. So saying, well, they do them in a trailer and then hair and makeup will stay in the trailer and just the actors will come to set and there'll be no last looks. And they're just going to go with that. And I think, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. We do sometimes have five grips. You have a crane. So you have five men normally doing that. They can't be six feet apart. You can't, the camera operator can't, you know, (laughs) we we just can't. I'm not sure how we do it. I I imagine we'll all be wearing masks and gloves. Well, maybe maybe there's a situation where, you know, it could, um, where testing gets to a place where, you know, there there are indicators and, and there are yeah. things that you can do on yeah. a daily basis to make sure yeah. you're not. And I would imagine that is probably going to be the world we live in pretty much in every industry for. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thinking through like what school is going to look like in the fall is a whole other. Yeah, it's a brave new world. Um, but the silver lining of the entertainment industry, when you were saying like people are still writing, it has been really cool to see how folks have adapted um, and still created content, you know, and so how late night shows are still going on, how Ellen is still, like, you know, producing from her house, um, Saturday Night Live at home, like, blows my mind, you know? directed an episode and they all film their bits and yeah. it, it, it's not perfect, but... Yeah, but that's it. it. Like, I feel like it's still, like, people... So it's kind of nice that because of the circumstance that everybody has this kind of, like, leeway... Take some more risks, right? Like, yeah. deal with the audio lags, you know? <laughs> right? Like, it is what it is. Like, your house is going to be what your house is. There's no changing it. There's no giving it another set, right? right? Like, this is it. And we're just going to pretend that the next room is another place. <laughs> George brings up a good right? point. George brings up a good point in the chat. He said, you know, animation has a real chance here to to be something oh, that can be done, yeah. you know, because you can have animators working Did from their I, home. I... I think I read that one of the soaps is converting to animation. 
Yeah, I read really? that. Yep. Really? Yeah. Like yesterday, I think. That yeah, was that it. they've got the scripts, and so they're just rolling forward yeah. with animation. Because you the could you could technically future. mail an actress. Yep. A, a workstation, like a computer and and microphone and preamps and all the things that they need in order to get up and running and have so, someone set it up for them. Yeah, to be honest, you don't you don't even need that because sometimes you have to re-record stuff, right? But oh, yeah. it's not good. And because the technology that the editors and the sound editors post have, as long as it's a good enough recording, they can take a lot of that away yeah. and it can be amazing. Yeah. I was blown away by some of what they did on the, the Disney sing-along. Tess, I don't know if you caught this, but like Derek Hugh and his girlfriend... Like, clearly they delivered these folks, like, costumes, you know? And so I, I just, like, I loved getting behind the, like, like what went into this, right? Like, costumes were delivered to their house. Like, they put together choreography. They obviously did, like, multiple takes of this thing so that then a, an editor could take these different videos and splice them together so it made this, like, beautiful multi-shot musical number, you know? Like it blew me away. I'm like that 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 is still possible, you know. But can I be honest with you? Yeah. The best thing is filming on a set with all your crew. In the oh, yeah. sure. Well, listen. As a teacher, like I can connect to that, right? Like I, I don't want to be looking at all of my students' faces on a screen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I want to be in a room with them, but. I'm so glad that this is happening in a time yeah. of technology where I can still see them because otherwise we would just not see each other at all for the I, rest I, of the school honest, year. It, yeah, if we didn't have this Zoom, it would be horrendous. Yeah. Mm, even, very lucky. Yeah, we are very. Yep. The one thing I've learned from Zoom and, and some of these shows they're doing as a cinematography nerd yeah. is people are starting to realize how important lighting is. <laughs> they have <laughs> they have they have no idea and Tess, I'm sure you could talk about this from directing. Yeah, and, but but I, I I'm just talking about in general. These people have no idea how these stars are lit <laughs> until you <laughs> until you've been at a shoot with somebody who's worth a lot of money, you have absolutely no idea A how much makeup they're wearing and B how much those guys who are lighting those people should be getting paid <laughs> my lighting unit over here is doing some really like experimental work right now yeah i didn't even, didn't even try it's got an overhead so fred murphy would kill me He'd be like, That's awful. i used to have more hair so it was it, it not as shiny as, like, it wasn't yeah, as shiny as glaring yeah katie, katie you, refuses to have I can't the light have on her side I can't have on. A light she over looks here. translucent i'm completely washed out yeah i go, go I, am, I go ghost white I'm yep. going to break quarantine to go down and light that room. I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> waiting. We, 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 we have to make some no, changes. It's, it, this is better, just, isn't it? I feel well, like I feel like no, I have skin I, I can tone. fix it. I just we, need... It's going. We got to maybe right. bounce. Yeah, you do. You have a rosy complexion, to... Brian. What are you doing? We, well, I'm bouncing some light off a white wall that I've done. All right. There's yeah, we've got to work. We've got to work on here. this. All right. <laughs> If I was on this every week, I would not have that light. I would actually set up a whole thing yeah. so I look much better. <laughs> sure. Oh, Sean Curran. Sean Curran said invest in a ring. We did. We, we had, had one, one for a while, which we had stolen from our sister-in-law. Uh, she had it for like a selfie booth. At, or, is that what it was? Yeah. A photo A photo booth at her wedding. Um, and we, we totally Broke used it. it for the podcast for a long time no then we had to give it back we yeah. should we need to get uh, our own yeah we need to get our own well once we get over ten dollars advertising there this you go is the type of stuff we, we use it to buy the ring in. yep 
Well, Tess, you've been amazing. We can't even begin to thank you. Yep. Besides sharing all this with us, I now we are now one degree of separation to Kevin Bacon. Oh on my gosh, show, one degree of separation. That's amazing. One degree. Um, the degree. Jim and I did see the Bacon I shook brothers his hand. perform I, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we so actually we're like we're we are in with Kevin. Yeah, Bacon. I shook if his we can hand. Count like walking past him <laughs> at, on the catwalk at Tink's Bar in Scranton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> yeah. while on the he was gonna, over the stage. He was about to go on stage. With Here an acoustic comes. guitar Not with his me. brother and rock out, I shook his hand. Right past, right past him. Yep. I got the um, bacon with McCormick. I shook his hand. Tess, you're going to have to come back because I didn't even get to one of my questions about craft services. So that's going to have to be <laughs> that is episode what she two. Wants. That was I all I wanted to ask. I have honestly. questions on lenses yep. and yep. different okay. things that she has a craft service question. Oh, I have so many questions about craft services, but they will wait. They'll wait. Yeah, I know more about lenses than I do craft service, but I'll give it a whirl on craft service. Wait a second. <laughs> Directors don't have time to eat, Katie. They yeah. have work to do. No. They don't, they're not, they're not <sighs> sitting over give there. Give her and fish also, and chips well, and the tea. And one of my questions was, does somebody chip. deliver you things from craft services, or do you have to go and mingle with the minions at the table? Minions? Well, I didn't know. Is there a hierarchy of like who just has to go to the buffet? Oh, yeah. There's the guy that's picking up the poop delivered. on the sidewalk. Right, like exactly. Like yeah, like does me. Brian have to package for you yeah, your fresh sushi? But only the eel. I don't know. Like these are the questions that I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I used to get lunch, Trevor, when I started as a PA. Yeah, there you go. You gotta... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't pick up dog poop. I didn't do that, but I... I actually have a worse story than dog poop that I don't feel comfortable sharing <laughs> as oh, we stream no. live. Oh, Brian. And that might have been criminal, what they had me do, but oh, I, I'm going to save that for yeah, now. I feel like you air. should not put that on the air. <laughs> I'm nope, not going to put just, that on the air, Just though. let that go. <laughs> um, and, and Tess, we'd love to have you on for a movie at some point. We want to mm. know a movie you would I, love to come I, on. I would love to. Do you know what? I mean, I've, I've been doing this thing, and I tagged Jim on the, my first or second day. Mm -hmm. My favorite movie, which was my day one, is Taxi Driver, and oh. I could talk about that for 20 years. So I'd love to, if you haven't talked about Taxi Driver. We have not. We have not. And when you recommended that, we discussed it that yeah, yeah we that we need to all watch it. Last time I watched it was at Jim and Katie's house. Right. I was they, by yourself. They were all doing stuff by myself. <laughs> oh well, they were how doing interesting is stuff. that? That was yeah. your choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm on a kick now. I'm watching. I'm, I'm eighty. I'm movie number eighty-eight for the year right now. Jesus. My eighty-eighth movie. I'm currently watching Thirty Nine Steps by Alfred Hitchcock. 80, 88, 88 movies. Is that what you said? And one divorce. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, Jim, last week, I watch movies now in like 15 minute clips. <laughs> I, when I eat lunch, I watch like 15 minutes. I'll watch that's I don't have time to do it otherwise. But that's yeah. how I, it's I'm great, though. Kidding. I watch it as scenes, which is a really interesting way to watch a movie if you've never watched it before. It's also how you try and plan an episode. You plan it in scenes and trying to, to stitch them together in your mind. So that's kind of way sensible. too much credit. Way too much credit. It's funny oh, sorry, because sorry, Jim and I. Quick... Sorry, Tess. Go ahead. I'm saying that's quite clever. I think actually watching it in small increments. We often just split it in half, you know, for for like bedtime purposes. And there are there are several movies that Jim's like, we cannot this. We we got to like do this yeah. one straight through. There cannot be any pausing in the middle. We've got to see like the whole continuity of the piece. 
which I, I get. I don't know if I could do it in 15 minute increments. Well, I, so there are some I, movies. I, I agree. Uh, tomorrow I'm watching in honor of the end of World War One. I'm going to watch uh, Paths of Glory straight through Kubrick's Paths of Glory, which I think is the, one of the best war movies ever made, if not the best. Ever. That's apart from 1917 recently, I thought was very good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Paths of Glory is, oh my God. It's the and best. At that time, blows my mind. That blows my mind. It's a wonderful movie. In fact, I haven't seen it for years. I'm you like, have to watch it. I got the Criterion Collection, which is even you? so it's good. For, for nerds. You don't, you don't have to. How do that, does that, it, Brian, this. compare to the war scene from The Notebook? Um... <laughs> I've I've told you before, I'm pretty sure I can go outside and shoot the war scene from the notebook better with my iPhone and my three children. I don't know what without that directed. Snow, with cotton without balls snow. From the the snow wasn't even necessary. I would just dump some toilet paper on the ground. Can I just say, guys, I do tune in, even if sometimes for five minutes with you guys. Normally I'm going to bed because I'd be working, but I would tune in. And I've heard you talk about the notebook quite a few times. We hate it so much. <laughs> I really hated it. It might be getting old for everyone else, but it's still fresh for us. <laughs> There's a few. That one, chances are, which I hate, and Pretty Woman, which we all hate it, and John yeah. Wick. John Wick. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we have yeah. We, they, we have some records that we play over and over again because like, we can't we can't let it go. Yeah. Brian hates Labyrinth. Yeah. I hate Labyrinth. Yeah, hopefully we'll watch some some more bad movies and they'll start replacing the old ones. We got a bad one coming up that we can't even talk about. Somebody told us a movie we have to watch in a couple of weeks and almost threw up. Unlike you, Tess, who have recommended an outstanding movie that we can't wait to watch. We had some guests for our reality TV episode that have given us it's probably on some of the like worst movies of all time lists. Yeah, so we don't need to, we're not going to say what it is yet. <laughs> we're not no. going to say what it is yet, no. but it's, it's going to be It's like awful. cruel and unusual punishment for movie watchers. So we yes. will report back. <laughs> well, Tess, thank you so much. We can't wait to I can't wait to hear about the pilot when you can talk about writing and what yeah, but- and everything about it. Um that will be amazing and we'll do Taxi Driver hopefully. Uh Hopefully soon, but not too soon. Hopefully things open up and you can start directing again and get back out there. Um, And thank you so much. I feel like our show is finally 91 episodes in, gotten a sense of credibility now. Um, So, Brian, the guest that recommended the movie is listening and we are being asked to name to name the film on air. So so we we have to say we just we're just going to make it official. And she would also like to add that she was asked to pick a horrible movie. Yeah, I don't don't consider this a movie. I don't know if we said those words. I said make a movie that would make Jim uncomfortable, which is pretty much every movie. Well, this is going to do it. This is going to do it for all of us. I am a bit of like Mikey from Life Serial. He likes it. (laughs) Who is my cousin? So we are watching, is it uh, Justin and Kelly? From From Justin Justin to Kelly. Kelly, From Justin to Kelly. The American Idol movie. The the movie that was made after the first season of American Idol for Mm -hmm. the two finalists. 
<laughs> Justin, how about I know their names? Justin Guarini. Guarini, very good, very good. And Kelly Clarkson. Yes. Well, obviously. listen, knowing Kelly Clarkson's name is completely legitimate because yeah. she's amazing. Justin Guarini has been in something recently, though. I feel Isn't like. Isn't he in those insurance commercials or whatever those <laughs> things are? Okay, we got to cut it off. We, we got to cut, cut it off. off. But that's the shit show movie that Emily yep, has that's, picked for That's us. what everybody has to look forward to. Quarantine viewing, everyone enjoy. We're gonna get. Can we, just, can we just talk about lenses with Tess instead? Yeah. Can I have a? Can I have a sub? You can have a separate. We'll zoom and we'll go into breakout rooms, Brian. And and just you talk and about Tess. Roger Deakins' yes. choices. Uh, Roger Deakins has a new podcast and it is amazing. With James, Roger and James talking for an hour at a time is amazing. He's he's good. He's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a great. I mean, yes, he is. All wow. the Brits are better. Um, all right. And uh, we will be back uh, with a good movie. Uh, hopefully, we're all hopeful of a good movie. On Monday, we're talking Dr. Sleep. Ooh, I'm excited. Monday. I'm excited. Very excited. Very good. Stephen King. Learned. All right. Tess Malone. Tess, Tess Malone, everyone. Thank you so much, thank you, Tess. Tess. Can't thank you enough. All right. Love you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>